to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius, and you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is August 4th, Friday. Mariners pulled out a huge victory against the Angels last night, winning 5-3. Uh, capped off by Cape Marlowe's ninth inning grand slam to take the lead. On today's Mariners cast, we will talk about that game, review some of the hitters, talk about the new Mariners acquisitions, Dominic Canzone. I am calling him Canzone. That is the way it's supposed to be pronounced, I thought. Canzoni was how it was pronounced. I apologize. Josh Rojas, Ryan Bliss uh, played on Wednesday for Tacoma. Uh, we will talk about Brian Wu. He pitched very well yesterday um, and then com- cover some of the Mariners hitters as well. We'll dive into today's pitching matchup, with is, which is Luis Castillo versus Reed Detmers. And uh, if we have time, we'll talk some minor leagues as well. So Mariners, 57 and 52, five games over 500, six games out in the American League West, two and a half games out of the wild card a plus 43 run differential, seven and three in the last 10 games. And they have put, they're now a game and a half above uh, the Angels in the American League West. Incredible game. Uh, Last night's game, if you haven't watched, go back and watch it pitch for pitch. Just a, the Mariners continue to come back. The Mariners continue to show heart. I, uh, you know, I've had my doubts over the course of the season, this team is performing despite uh, not getting the performances from the players who were expected to carry them in Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, and Teoscar Hernandez. The contributions are coming from uh, unexpected sources, but this is how a balanced championship team is supposed to work. This is what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to get contributions from places you didn't expect. You're supposed to get balanced uh, contributions across the board from different players on different nights, on different weeks and different months. That's what's happening right now with the Mariners. Um, but again, an amazing game. So pitching matchup was Brian Wu against Shohei Otani. The Mariners did catch a break. Shohei Otani pitched four innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts, but came out of the game uh, pitching-wise after four with uh, finger and hand cramps um, in his right hand. I don't know if that is indicative of injury, if it's just simply cramps. Um, I'd be scared if I was an Angels fan. Who knows? Not here to speculate. I'm not a doctor. But the Mariners did catch a break uh, in Otani going out. The other pitchers who came in to relieve him outside of Carlos Estevez in the ninth pitched very well. Um, but nevertheless, you'd rather face the Angels' bullpen than Shohei Otani. Uh, Mariners took the lead 1-0 in the sixth inning on uh, Eugenio Suarez's home run. This was his 16th home run on the season. It came off of um, Jose Soriano. It was to right field, basically looked like a long fly to right field that ended up going out of the park. Uh, Gino's hot. This was his ninth game in a row with an RBI. He matched the club record, which is uh, that Edgar Martinez set in 1995. Uh, But Gino's hitting on the season now, 234, 325, 401 slug, 
which doesn't sound all that impressive, but he does have 16 home runs and 70 RBIs. And as I said, he is a notorious uh, warm weather hitter and second half hitter. So uh, pretty predictable that he would start to heat up in July and August. So his home run gave the Mariners a one nothing lead. Brian Wu, who pitched very well in this game, gave up two runs in the sixth. The Mariners were down 2-1 after six. Wu on the game, six innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, six strikeouts, 83 pitches. We will go a little deeper into his performance in a minute here. So Brian Wu comes out. Mariners are down 2-1. Mariners bring in Gabe Spire. Uh, and Spire pitches the seventh or um, two-thirds of the seventh. Uh, he was brought in to face Mickey Moniak. Hunter Renfro and Matt Tice. Tice and Moniak are left-handed hitters. Uh, he let uh, a runner on. So Isaiah Campbell came in to face Zach Neto. And then Campbell also pitched the eighth against Ranjifo, gave up a home run to Otani, CJ Cron, and Mike Moustakis. Anthony, Mun- Anthony Munoz, I did it again. Andres Munoz came in for his fourth save. He struck out the side. Uh, are the Mariners missing Paul Seawald? Not yet. Knock on wood. But uh, again, Brian Wu, quality start, two runs in six innings. Spire, Campbell, and Munoz closed it out. So how'd the Mariners take the lead? Down 2-1 in the sixth. Down 3-1 going into the uh, top of the ninth. And that's when Cade Marlowe stole the show. So Cal Raleigh worked a walk. So I should say Carlos Estevez was 22 for 22 in save opportunities up to that point. He was acquired in the offseason as a free agent. He had pitched in Colorado previously. He throws 100 miles an hour. He's been the closer, obviously, for the Angels. But 22 of 22, throwing 100 miles an hour. Mariners are down. As I said, 3-1 going into the ninth. Cal Raleigh coaxed a walk. Ty France coaxed a walk. You now had runners on first and second. Jose Caballero ended up running for Ty France. Dominic Canzone single to right field, uh, which loaded the bases. They didn't want to take a chance sending Cal Raleigh home. Uh, this single off of Estevez was in a 1-0 count. It was 102 miles an hour off the bat and had a 440 XBA. We'll talk about him a little more as well. I like how hard he hits the ball. He does barrel it up. You can see it. This wasn't a barrel, but this was a hard hit ball. Uh, Taylor Hernandez struck out, so now you had bases loaded, one out to Cade Marlowe. And Marlowe took, or Marlowe had two strikes on two high 90s fastballs, top rail. Carlos Estevez threw another fastball, top rail. I guess he assumed that. Uh, that Marlowe wasn't going to catch up to this one either. I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thought. But Marlowe turned around 100 miles an hour, technically 99.8 miles an hour, turned it around and hit a grand slam out to right field. The team went absolutely bananas. Um was one of the most drama-filled moments that I, I can remember for the Mariners. It was phenomenal. Uh, to see a rookie who, you know, there wasn't a ton expected of taking the place of an injured Jared Kelnick come up 
and be able to do that in this type of situation when the Mariners looked to be down and out against the Angels, against a closer who was 22 of 22 coming in, to hit a grand slam top of the ninth like that on the road was just amazing. Uh, the look of elation on each of the Mariners in the dugout, Julio, you know, cheesing ear to ear, uh, Suarez greeting him, uh, greeting Marlowe as he was running up to the dugout with a huge smile. It was, it was super cool. If you're a Mariners fan, it was, it was super, super cool to see. Um, really a great moment for, for Kate Marlowe and for the team. Uh, Cade Marlowe, I should say, you know, it, well, he was two for four with the homer and four RBIs, obviously, in this game. But in 35 plate appearances so far this season, hitting 333, 429 on base, 667 slug, two homers, two steals, six runs, six RBIs, running a 14% walk rate and uh, a 9.7% swinging strike rate, which is very low for a hitter. He's also in the 83rd percentile um, sprint speed. As I said yesterday, Cade Marlowe's a player, and he showed it uh, in the ninth inning in this game. So Mariners take the lead 5-3 on Marlowe's Grand Slam. Uh, as I said earlier, Andres Munoz came in to close it out, uh, struck out the side. Huge win for the Mariners. Uh, as I stated yesterday, I think this was the game where the Mariners obviously did not have the uh, pitching advantage. They should have the advantage for the next three games. You've got uh, Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Bryce Miller. The case could be made that Sunday's game, Bryce Miller against Chase uh, Silseth is pretty even of a matchup, but the reality is the Mariners are really set up to take at least three or four in this series. So this game was nuts. Um, total roller coaster, super fun for Mariners fans. Uh, super cool, obviously, for Cade Marlowe. Happy for him. So... Some details of this game, outside of what we've already said, Mariners had first and third against Otani in the first inning, no outs, couldn't score. Gino popped up to short, Cal Raleigh struck out, Ty France grounded out, the example of, of a lack of offensive execution. They did come back with that big moment with Marlowe, but you, you know, if the Mariners are serious about the playoffs and serious about going deep in the playoffs, you have to execute with uh First and third, no outs, especially in the first inning against an ace like Otani. Brian Wu uh, faced an Angels lineup that had five left-handed hitters. And uh, true to form, the only base runner that he allowed uh, versus righties was C.J. Cron's RBI single in the sixth. Outside of that, the other three hits and two walks that he surrendered were to left-handed hitters. Um, but he was able to neutralize lefties a little more in this game than he has previously. Uh, his whiff rate was way up in this game. He had 35% on the season. He's at 28%. Major league average is 25. So he was 10% above major league average uh, with the 35% whiff rate. His velocity was down slightly. Uh, what he did was he threw a lot more cutters, a lot more sliders, and a lot more change-ups. He stuck with about the same uh, percentage of sinkers, but many fewer forcing fastballs. So you see him trying to mix in other pitches, as we talked about. That's what he needed to do. He wasn't going to be able to survive on four-seam and sinker alone. And so you saw 18 cutters, excuse me, 15 cutters, 18%. 
16% sliders in this game, 5% change-ups. Um, the slider gave a really good, really different look. He threw 13 of them. He got seven swings and three whiffs on those seven swings for 43%. Um, it's the one pitch that he throws that, that averages below uh, – or it's the lowest uh, velocity pitch that he throws at, at uh, 83 miles an hour. And it just provides a really different uh, perspective or a different look to the hitter. I think it's a really important pitch for him to continue to work on. The cutter at 88 um, was also a very good pitch in this game. He got seven swings and misses on the four-seamer and three swings and misses on the sinker. So pitched a lot better, pitched a lot better to lefties, um, higher whiff rate. I like to see more pitches. It's what, you know, everyone's been calling for him to do. it was the concern that I had at the beginning, you know, when he first was called up that he was going to struggle against lefties because of the lack of secondary pitches. This is the, we are witnessing the development of and the progression of Brian Wu as a pitcher, as an artist, right? Not just a thrower anymore. And it's cool. It's cool to see in real time. It's cool to see, to have all of the uh, stat cast data to be able to examine for ourselves these transitions that um, pitchers like Wu and Miller are making with the introduction of new secondary pitches, uh, the results of those pitches basically in real time. Very cool. And last night's game was an example of the progression of Brian Wu quality start against a, a division rival who you're competing with for a wild card spot. And he gave up six base runners in six innings, two runs and struck out six. So Applause for Brian Wu. Kudos to you. Uh, Nice work. I will say he's thrown 55 innings for the Mariners this season and 44 innings in double A. That's 99 innings on Brian Wu's arm so far this season after only throwing 57 last year and uh, coming off of Tommy John in 21. So he has to be approaching his limit pretty soon here. Uh, As I've said, I, th- I think the call-up is Emerson Hancock once Wu shut down. It could be Adam Aller. I know the Mariners picked him up off of waivers, and he's been pitching pretty well in AAA. Um, but some combination of those guys I think we'll see pretty soon replacing Brian Wu in the rotation. But if this was indeed his last start, I don't think it was. If it was indeed his last start, it was a very good one, and he led the Mariners to a victory. Um, nothing really more from this game. You know, bullpen rolls look to be, again, what we had talked about. Spire came in with the Mariners down, but a higher leverage situation. Uh, Isaiah Campbell was used because the Mariners were were losing. I think if they were winning, you would have seen Brasher Topa. And then Munoz closing it out once they took the lead. But fun game, just a fun game to watch. Kay Marlowe was the star. Uh, Brian Will obviously was very important. I should say that. Uh, J.P. Crawford reached base three times. His on-base percentage is up to 379, and his OPS is up to 786. Uh, he has really morphed into an offensive shortstop versus uh, what his reputation was a few years ago. Julio Rodriguez, 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. He's up there really guessing. He swung at one uh, slider from Jose Soriano that was probably two feet outside, um, but I just think he's up there guessing right now. And despite that, the Mariners are winning. So good. I guess that's a good sign. Uh, Dominic Canzone, I went through his four at-bats today. 
Two of them were against Otani, one against Jose Soriano, one against Carlos Estevez. His single off of Estevez, as I've said, was 102 off the bat and 440 XBA. He grounded out to second base against Soriano on an 0-1 count, but it was the, the notable part of this at bat was that it was 109 off the bat and had a 550 XBA. So he struck out in the first at bat against Otani and the second one he flew out to right field. But I think it's a sign of why the Mariners liked him, right? That he is 200, 200 plus mile an hour off the bat, um, batted balls in his third and fourth at bat, one of them 109 off the bat. I just, I think that he's, he really does hit the ball hard. And I think he is going to be a very good hitter for the Mariners for the foreseeable future. I like him. Uh, Josh Rojas, on the other hand, is pretty bad. Uh, haven't seen anything from him as of yet. His first at bat, uh, he was up when Cade Marlowe was caught stealing. This was versus Shohei Otani. So he came up in the next inning. First pitch hit a, uh, he fouled out to left field on a four seamer from Otani, but it was belt high and on the outer half, it was a strike at 97 miles an hour. The kind of pitch that, uh, major leaguers should hit and hit hard. It looked to be a bit of a miss location wise from Otani and he couldn't do anything with it. And then the second at bat against Jose Soriano was he hit into a four, six fielder's choice. And this was a 90 mile an hour, uh, 90 mile an hour hit off the bat. 060 XBA, but this also was a four seamer that was belt high, but on the inner half this time. So his two at bats, his two batted balls were on four seam fastballs that were belt high. And these are pitches that major leaguers are supposed to hit. These are pitches that we criticize Colton Wong for not being able to do anything with. And if Josh Rojas is indeed an upgrade over Colton Wong, he's got to do something with those. Otherwise, he's just going to see fastball after fastball. If he can't do damage against it and he can't get on base, he's going to see a ton of fastballs. And so far in this game, two belt-high fastballs that he couldn't do anything with. So not a good sign. He's hitting 221 on the season with a 571 OPS. Is no home runs and six stolen bases in 222 plate appearances. That is good for a 56 WRC+. That's Colton Wong territory. Is 74 outs above average, which is, you know, better defense from an outs above average standpoint than Colton Wong was playing. Colton Wong was 38th percentile. But similar speed, Josh Rojas, 34 speed, Wong, 39th percentile speed. You compare that to Jose Caballero, 95th percentile outs above average and a 92nd percentile speed. Josh Rojas was sold as an athlete with speed who played good defense, who's going to be a better hitter than Colton Wong. And I don't know if that's what we got in the trade. Um, so we'll see what happens. Again, I'm not a big fan of, of Josh Rojas as of right now, but Canzone and Ryan Bliss, who went 0 for 3 in his first game for AAA Tacoma in five plate appearances, but he walked twice, he struck out twice, he had a stolen base and a run. Bliss and Canzone, to me, were the important pieces in this trade, not Rojas. I realize that the Mariners have talked about Rojas being important in this trade. I don't think he is an upgrade over what the Mariners already had. So hope I'm proven wrong. We will see. Tonight's matchup is uh, the game starts at 638. 
It is uh, Luis Castillo against Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers is a left-handed starter. He was the 10th overall pick by the Angels in the 2020 draft out of Louisville. 6'2", 210. He's 24. He's arbitration eligible in 25, free agent in 28. Uh, Grew up in Illinois. His dad was a AAA pitcher in the St. Louis organization. He grew up a Cardinals fan. Uh, Reed Detmers' numbers don't really do him justice or explain um, how good of a pitcher he is. He's 2-8, and 4-3-5 ERA, 1-2-9 whip, 101 in the third innings, 92 hits, 127 strikeouts. He's running a high batting average of balls in play at 321. League average is just under 300. 69.3% left on base percentage. So a bit unlucky with batted balls, a bit unlucky stranding runners. He is a fly ball pitcher. His ground ball rate is 33.2%. Um, 9% walk rate, 29% K rate. Of interest, 13.6% swinging strike rate for Reed Detmers. This is part of why I say he's better than his numbers. Um, swinging strike rate is really important engaging uh stuff and strikeout ability of a pitcher and his 13.6% of pitchers who have thrown over 100 innings in baseball so far this season ranks 10th so he is in the top 10 of all major league baseball of starting pitchers who have thrown 100 innings or more in swinging strike rate that's a sign of how good his stuff is that's a sign of I think potentially things to come from Reed Detmers. I I think down the road, he is a, his floor is that of probably a number three, but I think he has the potential to be a very good number two. Uh, He's running reverse platoon splits this season, which is a little weird. Uh, 297 with a 514 slug against lefties. 83 lefties face so far. And 224 with a 351 slug uh, versus righties, 351 batters faced. Um, so reverse platoon splits. He leads with the slider against lefties and throws the four seamer and then sprinkles in a few curveballs, but really not many. And then versus righties, he is primarily four seamer um, slider and then some curveballs as well, more curveballs to righties than lefties. So slider fastball versus lefties leads with the four-seamer, and then slider curveball against righties. In June, he had a 2.05 ERA. July, 6.12 ERA. So he struggled over the last month or so. His last start was at Toronto, four and two-thirds innings, three hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts. But his last quality start was all the way back on July 2nd. So over a month ago was his last quality start. This was versus Arizona, six innings, three hits, two runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. And that was the last of four quality starts in a row that he had, which is why he had the 2.05 ERA in June. Um, He has two of his three main pitches. Uh, He has thrown a couple of changeups and sweepers, but two of his three main pitches, he has an over 30% whiff rate. Um, And then the four seamer at 22.1%. So the whiff rate, as I said before, uh, pretty high indicative of a quality starter. Um, I'd be interested to see if the Mariners play to those platoon splits at all and, uh, and play a few more lefties than we might expect in this lineup. But I would expect to see Caballero. I would expect to see Dylan Moore, 
Um, I think there's a chance we see uh, Dominic Canzone. But uh, again, lineup construction, lineup makeup will be very interesting against Detmers because of that reverse platoon split. Uh, Luis Castillo, we all know and love Luis Castillo. 7 and 7, 288 ERA, 101 whip, 131 in the third innings, 100 hits, 149 strikeouts, 6.3% walk rate, 28.3% K rate. Uh, the one thing I want to bring up with Castillo, again, swinging strike rate, 15.4% swinging strike rate for Luis Castillo. Do you know where that ranks him amongst qualified major league starters, meaning major league starters who have enough innings to qualify for the, uh, ERA title ranks third behind only Spencer Strider and Shane McClanahan. I was surprised when I saw that. I knew he had high whiff rates. We talked about him having three pitches over 30%, but to have a 15.4% swinging strike rate and to rank third amongst all major league starters is even better than, than I thought. I think with Castillo, because his ERA and whip sit pretty close to George Kirby, we don't always realize just how good he is and how lucky Mariners are, Mariners fans are to have him. Um, but again, these numbers are phenomenal. And if the Mariners go on a run and Castillo continues doing what he's doing, he is a legitimate AL, AL Cy Young candidate. Um, and then of note, his last three of his last four starts and or his last three starts and four of his last five have been quality starts in Arizona in his last start on July 30th. He went six innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. So he's been on a bit of a roll. Um, again, the Mariners are set up very well in this series to take three or four to win another series. It's exciting times. Two and a half games out of the wild card, as I've said playing very well, lots of good vibes, lots of good karma. Um, that grand slam off of Carlos Estevez could be the moment that Mariners fans look back at if they are to make the playoffs, where they really solidified themselves as a contender. Um, but it was fun to watch live. I've watched it probably 10 times, that grand slam since then. Uh National folks are starting to talk a bit more about the Mariners be actually being contenders because of primarily because of the pitching staff, but we're in a, in a fun period right now. And um, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I will be back uh, tomorrow uh, recapping tonight's game and uh, anything else that comes up in between now and then Mariners wise. So thank you for listening again uh, to the Mariners cast. We are presented by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners. E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. -E Take care, y'all. Happy Friday. Again, enjoy that barbecue. Drink that beer. Whatever it is you do to watch the game, uh, I certainly will be. Appreciate the listen. Peace.